Welcome to Death Metal Happy to be back. Coming off of a wild weekend, wouldn't you say, Buddy Lloyd? Yep, it was pretty wild. It's me, Chris Pierce, by the way, doing our Death Metal Dicks podcast back in the old recreational vehicle this week. Smells like pool chemicals and butts. <laughs> Man, I don't know if we told you about the RV that we do shows in sometimes when our producer Mark is busy. Like today is his sweet anniversary. Happy, happy anniversary, Mark. Happy anniversary, Mark. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it was just my grandparents' like dream, you know? Yeah. They just wanted to travel the country and have a great time getting close to one another and seeing this great nation. And they did it for a little bit, but then, you know, my grandma got dementia and it's just neglected. <laughs> like them. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> we got an RV to sit in every once in a while. It's real weird whenever grandparents have hopes and dreams. I remember my grandparents are like, don't go up in the basement bedroom. Up in the basement? Remember there was a bedroom in that, their house? Oh, like, in the attic. In the attic, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Same shit. Yeah. Yeah, an attic is just a sky basement pretty much. Yeah, you just store shit in it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's like, you wouldn't understand the dreams. It's like, What? Yeah, yeah, you want, we were like, I think you asked if I could stay there one night. Yeah. And they just go, no. And you go, why? And they're like, it's just a dream you wouldn't understand. What the fuck? <laughs> and if you know Chris, he'll fucking break a dream real quick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they got me there. Man, well, we went to do a live podcast in Fort Worth, Texas. Shout out to Brian Breckenridge for organizing that and bringing us down. We had a great time. We did. We got some new fans. Did some stand-up comedy, hung out with everybody afterwards, got real drunk. Yeah, I got fucking obliterated. You sure did. You sure did. We went to the Old South Pancake House. <laughs> you fucking farted. Yeah. You took a fart so loud. I was in, there was like a giant restaurant, right? It's a gimmick. It's basically like um, half Cracker Barrel, half IHOP. They don't have any goofy shit for sale. It's real dirty and shitty. But the food was good as hell. It looked like it used to be like an old Pizza Hut. Yeah, but it was all done up on the outside like a house. Yeah. Two levels. A Shoney's. Like a split. <laughs> like a split fucking... So I went to the bathroom, which was a whole nother dining room, and all the employees that had gotten off work were hanging out in there. And I heard you fucking fart from back there, and so did all the employees, and the employees were laughing so fucking hard. And then I walk into the next room, and you guys are all laughing, and I knew it was you. And you stood up and looked at the table behind you and go, Bon Appetit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was fucking destroyed. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, we're actually trying to book shows now, you know what I mean? So, if you want us to come and fart all over your town, we'll come do it. Basically anything reasonable. I mean, we we had an idea, and it's a year away. So we got a lot of planning to, planning to do. If you know anybody that uh, works for any type of metal publication, I know the people from Metal Injection listen to this podcast. Yeah. So if you guys want to do something with us, that'd be super tight, because what we're going to do is we're going to Maryland Death Fest next year, because as soon as we found out that Mortician was headlining, we knew for a fact we needed to make it happen. We needed to go. And what I like about Mortician headlining that festival is it's 
essentially thanks to that fucking meme page that Mortician has had a resurgence in popularity, which is great. I'm not mad at it. I mean, there's hilarious elements of Mortician. There is. I mean, the dude's name is Will Rammer. I don't know if that's how you really pronounce his last name, but, you know. It sure is. Well. What would you think it is? Raymer? Do you think it's a real name? No. Yeah, Will Rammer. Did you not put that together until right now? No, I mean, I just really don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Classic, buddy. Well, yeah, we're going to go to Maryland Death Fest next year. And I put a small idea up to our wonderful Facebook group, which you should absolutely join if you want to connect with me and Buddy about all things death metal, death metal dicks, conspiracy theories, all the things we're into. We have a good time in the group. We talk to everybody. We post things almost every day. I forgot to post about War Metal Wednesday today. I still got time. You got time. I got time. I'm going to make it happen. And you just get on Facebook. You go to the search bar. You type in death metal dicks. You have... The choice to pick group posts people just click on group you'll find it right there it's a closed group because we don't want any narcs getting in there is all so just click on it and click add and we'll add you pretty much right away yeah we will and we will and we will but what i'm saying is we're trying to do more shows because we booked that one real quick we decided we wanted to do house shows on the way and people in that group booked us instantaneously so all about crowdsourcing and coming to you. Uh, what I always think is hilarious about the podcast is we have giant listening numbers, but me and Buddy are dumb as hell. Yeah. One could say retarded when it comes to using social media. Soft-headed ninnies. <laughs> We're trying to figure out how to do all that stuff along the way, and this is certainly our biggest way to communicate with you guys. So if you want us to come to you, yeah, just tell us where you're at. We we I like house shows. I think house shows is the way to go because you can bring us to your house, bring thirty of your fucking friends out, and it's packed to the gills. We'll do a podcast. We'll bring our producer Mark, who's also a comedian. Me and him will do comedy. If you got any local friends in town, they can do the show. If you got a ripping band that we could do the show with, we're just down to party. You know what I mean? I'll hook up some uh, nipple clamps and see how many voltages I can get up to. Absolutely. You love to shock a tit. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I've never done it to my tits. I've done it to some uh, cat tits. I'm just kidding. I've never done it to no cat tits. <laughs> man, you got to talk louder, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. Oh, man. We're out of our element. Like I said, we're in the old RV. We're used to a lavish studio with a different type of microphone. So, yeah. you know, bear the fuck with us. Because we got a ripping podcast this week, Jeffrey Dahmer. Part three. Part three. And uh, I've been rambling on for seven minutes here. It's nice that I can see how long I've been going. Uh, Before we get down to it, last order of business at the top of the podcast, uh, we're doing a contest. The contest is you can hit me and Buddy with your most powerful insult. Roast the hell out of us. Easy to do. Get on iTunes. In the review section, click five stars. And then in the comments section, let your roasts rip. The meanest one will win a prize of? A custom-made animal skull vertebrae thing that I'm going to make. 
uh, by hand and a t-shirt. That's right. We'll hook you up with a Death Metal Dicks t-shirt of your very own. And Buddy will do a real Jeffrey Dahmer type thing again and make a bone throne for you. Man, that is an expensive shipping cost. A bone throne? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you're going to make a trinket out of bonery for one lucky friend of the show. Yes, I will. And we'll sign it in our blood. Well, you're probably sick of hearing our bullshit. You're ready to hear about our gay friend, Jeffrey Dahmer, and what he's been up to since last week. Where we left off at is that Jeffrey had just gone to prison, and he was charged with two heinous crimes because he had invited that little Laotian boy to come back to his apartment, drugged him. The kid didn't go to sleep. He went back home. He told on Jeffrey. Jeffrey got arrested at Ambrosia Chocolate Company, Police searched his apartment, and then he was charged with exploitation of a child and second-degree assault. We went through the whole trial. Um, he ended up getting sentenced to eight years total for the two crimes. Now some real goofy shit's going to happen with his prison sentence. Now, on the way to jail, en route to getting sentenced. So I'm sure everyone's familiar with the legal system. A lot of times, which seems totally insane to me, especially because... Most of us are most familiar with the judicial system by doing shit like watching Law and Order with our parents growing up. Yep. I mean, I, I had never spent any time in a court as a kid, so I don't know the ins and outs. I didn't go to law school. I should have. I think I would have been a ripping fucking lawyer. You probably, man, you would probably lose a bunch. Man, fuck you. You argue like a motherfucker. That's the whole job. But you're just wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you think that. You just have confidence in your dumb opinions. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Sir, may I lay out the case before thee? Buddy Lloyd, dumb as hell, dropped on his head by his mother, could not possibly formulate an articulate opinion about anything. I would like to state to the court... That while some of this is true, a beef-lipped retard <laughs> has no say in any matters of my life or the products of what comes out of my penis. You would definitely have lost that exchange. No, I wouldn't have, because I've got mayonnaise for your beef lips. <laughs> you may call me beef lips a lot lately. I don't get it. They're, you have dog lips. <laughs> you got a fucking dewy for a bottom lip. <laughs> Is this because my lips big? And fat. Well, that's the same thing. It looks like a microwave hot dog where the vein starts to bust out the side. You know what I'm talking about? Man, not really. I mean, I get that, but I've always gotten a lot of compliments on my lips. Yeah, from dudes who want to get their dick sucked. I don't think you've gotten compliments on a physical feature ever. Oh, uh, yeah, I have. What's it, what is it? My dick. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> When you're as fucking ugly as me, you got to have something going good for fucking you. Fucking slinging the hammer, are you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, man. What happened? Oh, yeah. So we're talking about the legal system and how we're not familiar. Even though I think I would have been a ripping lawyer, I don't know the ins and outs of it. So what always happens in TV shows is that when you go on trial and you're found guilty, they just take you back to prison. Well, I guess generally what happens is that there's a period of time in between you being found guilty and you being sentenced X amount of time. 
And for depending on the crime, I suppose, you're not held in prison or jail that whole time. Yeah, I, I guess it really just does depend on the situation. I the mean, only Yeah, but well, in Jeffrey Dahmer's situation, he wasn't held in jail. He just stayed at home? Well, he he was arrested, and then they gave him the charges, and then he had to show back up to court. Yeah. You would think for trying to assault a child, you would fucking be in jail for the entire time period. So, no, they just left Jeffrey on the street. So, in the meantime, we talked about this last week, and this is where we left off at. I don't, I'm fucking fumbling around because of the goddamn RV, and we just partied too hard in Texas, man. We partied hard. But I'm back on track. So, we talked about how he killed... Anthony Sears, that's where his grandma found the body in the trash and the blood oozing out, and he tried to cop to say it was just animal guts. Yeah. Well, what he had done with that skull is painted it. So this is the first sign. Because remember he had the other skull, and he tried to fuck it, and it just crumbled to bits? Man. Well, he figured out the process, and not only did he figure out the process of how to preserve it, he crafted that boy up something nice. I mean, he is a chocolatier, mm -hmm. and he's been playing with bones for a long time, so I gotta figure he's probably getting pretty crafty with that shit, kind of like you are with our offer for a prize for best roast in iTunes. Hey, man, I've been doing that for a little bit. I got a goat head that's uh, painted with my cum and blood. and then, But I, I put some fucking coat on it, you know. So you painted can... with your cum and blood. Yeah. You came on it? Yeah. And then... Then cut myself and splattered it on there. You were just stuck in some weird black metal loop, I'm guessing? Yeah. For yeah. a while. That's past. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, I'll still do it. I'll give you guys a gummy animal skull. No, I won't. Yeah, please, look, no. don't jack off on the listener's prize. We give you a no jack off guarantee, all right? Buddy will not come anywhere near the prize we're going to give you. But I just wanted to point out that this is the ninth ninth thing that Buddy has had in direct commonality with Jeffrey Dahmer. Go through the list. Name them all. Uh, okay, your mom dropped your dumbass on your head. Yes. You fucking acted out in school. Yes. You drank in school. Yes. You jacked off at school. Yes. You did weird shit with remains at your house. While I was in school? No, just in general. You just said you did it again. Yeah. You jacked off on a goat skull and you painted it in lacquer. I didn't kill the goat, though. Yeah, he was picking up roadkill. Yeah, but I wasn't doing that either. Yes, you were. Somebody gave it to me. You went out and found cow bones. Did you or did you not? There was no meat on it. But did you do that? Yeah. Okay, then, <laughs> you are Jeffrey Dahmer, man. If you would have just sucked a dick at the appropriate time, you'd be jeffing it up right now. When is the appropriate time to suck a dick? Whenever you're horny for it. Never been. <laughs> well, that's the only difference so far that I've come to find. i got to start going to church more. <laughs> that's where that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely have gay sex at a church. So this is his first souvenir. And this is what is really going to start revving Jeffrey's engine. You know what I mean? He loves to make a craft. And I think it's pretty cool, man. I don't think... See, I've got a lot of conflicts with Jeffrey Dahmer. And we kind of been shit on it a little bit with some of the listeners that were glorifying him. 
we're not glorifying him. It's just that some of the things that he's done are so off the charts unique and they just seem so whimsical. You know what I mean? It's not like you can't, I hate the fact that he did things to teenagers, right? Yeah, for sure. That's fucked. And it's shitty that he would cop up to murdering because he knew it was wrong. He knew that was the most wrong thing that he did. But it's shitty that he killed a human being. But the fact that he's decorating their skulls and just having a good old fucking time making chocolates, painting faces, that's whimsical as fuck. Man, what if we got all Native American in the trial? Who's like, yeah, I killed him. I ate the meat, but I also like I wanted to. I wanted to give a testament and a remembrance of their body by <laughs> making art out of. It. I wanted to use every piece, just like it's a buffalo. <laughs> yeah, it didn't die in vain. Yeah, it's just a spiritual connection to the earth and gay men that I've been having murder sex with. <laughs> you think he would have liked Inya? Oh yeah, no, no, he liked Black Sabbath, dude. He was probably at home rocking out to Black Sabbath. I mean, now we're talking about... At this point, we're, we're getting kind of late here. I don't think we're quite to the Dio period yet. I wonder I wonder what Jeffrey thought of the switch, you know, from Ozzy to Dio? I don't know. You think that... But what if that is one of the times that he got triggered into a spree? <laughs> he got that next album. It's like, oh, oh no. Uh, I mean, he's got a powerful voice, but the, the authenticity is just not there anymore. I must kill nine. He heard like Rainbow in the Dark by Dio and thought it was about him being in the closet. <laughs> He's like, isn't Rainbow in the Dark about Rob Halford being in the closet? I don't fucking know. I don't think so. But... I'm pretty sure it is, dude. I saw a thing on VH1 one time where Ronnie James Dio was talking about alluding to one of his famous friends. It was like an interview from the 70s and he was alluding to it being one of his famous friends who was kind of tormented by keeping his sexuality on the inside. I've never seen that interview. It was on a VH1, Ronnie James Dio, uh, Behind the Music. It might just be like, get out there. Oh, no. Oh, Alfred fuck. sucking dick. <laughs> Did I do that on the last podcast? Yeah, a hundred times. <laughs> oh, no. God damn it. I never want to listen to that song again. <laughs> Oh boy, everybody's gonna be like, time. Dio Sabbath sucks because I heard that one <laughs> podcast. The motherfucker did that over and over again. I'm having a good time, man. I don't see why you have to hate it so much. Oh uh, yeah, here comes the lawyer skills. <laughs> you, you, why, why do you hate me having fun so much? I don't hate you having fun. Yeah, I hate you, seem you to having hate fun me at my fun. expense <laughs> and my fucking eardrums expense. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, a funny fact about Jeffrey being in the prison cell. Now, this is my imagination wandering a little bit again because the information that I have is just what he was telling different inmates. And again, I'm going off of the way TV portrays jail. Now, I've watched a whole lot of uh, Locked Up Raw. Yeah. You know, so I know that usually when you're a new to a prison, they put you in that common area where it's a lot of bunk beds together until you get your own cell, right? So I bet Jeffrey was down there doing his usual Jeffrey shit, acting out, being an asshole, making noises, fake seizures, you know, Jeffrey shit. Yeah. And to impress people, he was telling them wild stories, including this. He told inmates that he hated black people and would like to kill a thousand of them. Wow. Yeah, just offering that info up. 
I <laughs> just to, what? <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's just so. It's not I mean that. That's not funny, but just the idea of this goofball because he's so goofy. Jeffrey is. He's like a Chris Farley. You know, he's just always. Oh, yeah. What if that was a whole ploy for a thousand black inmates to run his cheeks? <laughs> I mean, he would have loved it. That's what I'm saying. He probably just, that was a plan. Yeah, it could have been. Now, I think, as always, the psychological spin on this is that he was actually attracted to, because the only white victim, I believe it was just one, was the first murder that he committed, the hitchhiker that he picked up going to the rock show. So far, everyone else has been a minority. I don't think that it, it, from what he says right here, it sounds like he, it doesn't, it also doesn't mean that he's not racist, that he is attracted to him and fighting it. But again, we're talking about Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the seventies. So it's not a gay friendly place. It's probably not exactly an interracial relationship friendly place. Not excusing any of his behavior for anything. Just trying to put the psychological puzzle together that he's probably on top of the pressure that he feels simply from being a homosexual, definitely attracted to darker skin. The combination of the two has got a way on the guy. So I'm sure it's a defense mechanism. Either that or he's just doing Dahmer shit and trying to draw attention to himself by saying something wackadoo. The ultimate sin in Milwaukee. <laughs> I did... You know Milwaukee, they have all those those fish fries and shit. Yeah, you know that's their move. So it's it's their number one social event is to just fry fish in a church basement. And the church is all it's open to the public, so it's not just a church event. It it's basically a illegal restaurant operating out of a church. But because it's a church, they can get away with whatever the fuck they want to. But they just fry up cod and fries, and people will go and pay X amount of money for all-you-can-eat fish and fries. Slapping the malt vinegar on there? Oh, man. I'm, it's delicious. Oh, I know. All, yeah, it's delicious. But that is the big dish up there. And just imagine Jeffrey running into your church to get a nice plate of hot fish. Hold on. Loves the smell. Uh, you know, uh, I don't like gay men. Uh, I don't like our black men, and uh, I love fish. Uh, oh, no charge for you, sir. Slide on through. <laughs> it's like the perfect match for Milwaukee. Look what I got. Catch of the day. <laughs> Catch of the day. Uh, of course, he's prohibited any contact with children. Here's another wild thing about the Wisconsin judicial system. He was giving a 12-hour pass to go home for Thanksgiving. They did that whenever I was in rehab, man. Really? I went, yeah, I got. The well, you were in rehab though. That's way different. Well, I you didn't get convicted. You didn't yeah. get convicted of a crime. Well, I wasn't court ordered, man. All the court order people had to stay there. Yeah, so you were there on your own volition. They told me not to bring my car back. I did. Oh, oh, why? Why couldn't you bring your car back? They didn't want me taking off. Oh, but you could have left anytime you wanted to. Yeah, but I didn't. They kicked me out. Yeah, you're right about that. You did get kicked out of rehab, yes. but you were rehabilitated, so. Pretty much, yeah. Who's I mean, to say? Yeah, I st- snuck off with some uh, gross lady, you know, in a janitor's closet. I don't think I've heard this story. Let's give it out on the podcast. This is what the fans have come to expect, or Jeffrey Dahmer-like 
Tales of Buddy's Life. Well, there was two things I did. Uh, it was an art therapy class. and uh, Art therapy class? Yeah, think about that. Grown people fucking painting it up. And uh, I fucking uh, drew a sky blue dick cloud <laughs> in a beach. Of course you did. And this guy's like, let me see what you're doing. And I showed him, and then this girl's like, that's inappropriate. And that triggers me. It makes me want to use. And I was like, uh. What? So a lady in the treatment center tried to say that a picture of a dick made her want to use drugs. And I looked at her and I said, when have you ever seen a sky blue dick before, lady? <laughs> and she said, that's not cool. I was like, shove it up your ass. <laughs> well, uh, this other girl thought it was fucking funny, and then we snuck off to the janitor's closet on the girls' hall, and then uh, my counselor packed all my shit. And then, like, knew I was in the closet, didn't stop us. So, or when nothing. you say snuck off to the closet, you mean sexually? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even get, I didn't get it in or nothing. But they opened the door. I'm having my pants down. Oh, okay. And uh, you were boned up. Yeah, they just grabbed my shit and kicked me out. Well, that's a probably fair. <laughs> well, good thing I had my car. <laughs> <laughs> Got those dumb motherfuckers. It's weird that they wouldn't allow you to get a nut in a drug rehab place. You're not, you're not going to find the love of your life in there. No, you're just going to get, I mean, get relieving the stress. I didn't think about it. I could have got, like, AIDS or some shit. What, you didn't? No, I didn't because I didn't fuck. Yeah. Oh, man, we were listening to ACDC in the kitchen today. Yeah. And there's a song. First of all, ACDC, horrible band. There goes an opinion. That... <laughs> they suck, dude. Uh, every fucking, anytime there's a line in the song, that's the main line, they just repeat it over and over again for so long. That's why it's catchy. That's like a four, that's like a rape catch. They're raping you with a hook. Oh, <laughs> raping somebody with a hook? Yeah, like the hook of the song. Well, uh, the song was like, she's got a jack. And that was code for an STD, which must be some Australian shit. Huh. Got a goddamn jack. Yeah, she's like, she's got a jack. She's got the jack. She's got the jack. And he was like, she gave me, or maybe she gave me the jack. I don't know. Maybe she gave clap. me the jack. Yeah, well, he was insinuating that it was the clap, but he was calling it the jack, and he was talking about different cards, and then just got to the point that the he was like, she may give you the jack, or who knows what else. Like, oh, yeah, great. And then he said that. 800 times in a five minute song horrible but yeah that's like kind of shit you do oh no i sure don't do that shit (laughs) this might be the podcast i go ahead and end it the fuck off (laughs) you mean suicide i didn't say that i don't need you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you do okay (laughs) otherwise you'll be singing a song that everybody now hates that used to like it Uh, so on the 12 hour pass to go home, of course, Jeffrey didn't go home. He had to get fucked up. He went to a bar and got hammered drunk instead, passed out and awoke, tied up, getting a little dose of his own medicine. Another man was treating him like a birthday cake, had jammed a candlestick up his ass and lit it. (laughs) Jeffrey woke up to a surprise. (laughs) Funny when he opened his eyes, he just goes, happy birthday, blows it out. (laughs) You know, he did. That would have had to have been the move. Or he, like, has him strapped in. Well, it says candlestick. Uh, That's probably the thing that a candle sits in, right? It'd be hard to 
jam an unwanted candle in someone's ass. I mean, candles break pretty easily, dude. Yeah. You can't jam wax in a hole if it's not wanted. Well, yeah, like a weird thing where he was like, man, you know, it's like, I like a menorah. Yeah. And I like sex. Yeah. So I had to do the old fucking... Dude, that reminds me, when I was in fucking, like, seventh, maybe eighth grade, I would I used to talk to this girl on the phone late at night, and we would jerk it together. She had a dick? No, man. I mean, she would fucking flip the bean or whatever. But I didn't know how a vagina worked then, so I didn't know what the fuck she was doing. So I would, like, ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be like, uh, and also, like, I wouldn't, a lot of the time, I wouldn't be jerking off. I would just uh, pretend and just be like, <laughs> like, in the phone. Because if I had jerked off, it would take, like, five seconds, and I would just shoot yeah. one out. So you just wanted to, like, put it in the bank and go back in. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like, uh, and also it was a landline. You know, we didn't have a cell phone or anything yeah, like oh, that. Yeah, somebody would pick up. <laughs> so I was so afraid the whole time that my grandparents would pick up the phone. And, what I, and uh, like, I would, like, it would go, we would do it for, like, 20 minutes, dude. And then um, she would be like, I finished. Did you finish? And I'd be like, yeah. And she's like, what'd you do with it? And I would be like, do with what? You know what I'm saying? And she was like, did you clean it up with like a towel? Or what'd you do? Did you eat it? (laughs) (laughs) But I would ask her the same thing. But I would just ask like, how are you doing it? Like, are you like, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm using a candle. Whoa. Yeah. And okay. So we were, my grandparents had on that particular phone call, picked up the phone and, uh, I've been listening in, and I go, how'd you do it? And she goes, I've been using a candle. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you, like, put the candle inside you? And she's like, yeah, I put the candle in my pussy, and I rub it on my pussy. And I just hear my grandma go, hang up now. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what made her have dementia. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, she definitely forgot about it at this point. Threw a rod. Crap, yeah, I did the phone sex thing a bunch of times. Where there I, was but, a very... They didn't know I was jacking off. Yeah. Well, there was... A, <laughs> <laughs> so you would just call a girl on the phone and then jack off while you're oh, talking to yeah. her? yeah. You're a weird fuck, man. You're Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, I mean, you know, girls just keep talking and never shut the fuck up. You, you can't say that, dude. <laughs> well, when you're in high school, you can. All right. They just talk. Well, this is high school buddy talking. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is They just talk and they'll just go on about the dumbest shit for a while and you're like, hey, you're bored and start pulling it. <laughs> oh my god I I can't say I've ever done that before Yeah I, I did lots of cool shit That's not cool at all Alright I'm gonna start dicking off we've been, <laughs> we've been whacking it way too much this episode uh, So Jeffrey Dahmer was supposed to return 12 hours later He returned to prison several hours late And of course I told you last time He only ended up serving 10 months of that 8 year sentence And what he did is he wrote a letter Pleading for leniency When he gets out his next victim is Edward Smith, who's 28 years old. They meet at the Phoenix Bar. The two go back to Dahmer's apartment to fuck at Dahmer's suggestion. So you know Dahmer just rolled up and was like, Hey, you look okay. You look good. Let's go. And that's all it takes in gay bars, pretty much. But again, Dahmer's a great looking guy. Uh, takes him back to his place, gives him a drink. Same old Dahmer trick. Drugs him. Strangles him when he's about to wake up and then just cuts him up at his leisure. Weeks later, Dahmer meets Raymond Smith, a.k.a. Ricky Lee Beeks. That's a cool fucking <laughs> nickname, man. He's like, he needs a talk show, man. Yeah, Ricky Lee Beeks. Uh, people are like running around town for looking at him. Man, goddamn, I've seen Ricky Lee Beeks in a long time. 
He's got a big old bird. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's got a big fucking bird. <laughs> the boy's got a beak on him, man. Uh, that was from our live podcast where we talked about Joseph Callinger. Uh, his parents, of course, called his dick a bird. Man, if you would have let your bird shit in your mouth and you're talking to that girl on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I could have gone a long way. Man, that girl was sexually aggressive too, dude. Like, one time she came to my house... I was trying to put the moves on me, and I was terrified. I had no idea what to do. And my grandparents were gone, and they pulled up, like, right as she oh, was reaching my pants. And she had to sneak out of the basement and run the hell away. And they, like, definitely knew that there was somebody in the house, you know? And I was like, well, I don't fucking know. Wasn't anybody here? They were so fucking mad. But I was so relieved because I didn't have to get touched, you know? Well, what you do is you just always find you a stray dog to have in the house if there's another girl she's got to sneak <laughs> yeah. out and they're like somebody else was in there like no i got a golden retriever <laughs> yeah it's a golden retriever beaver i'm getting yeah all right fucking the golden retriever beaver it's a, <laughs> that's a task yeah so he picks up ricky lee beaks at the 219 club this is his seventh victim if you're keeping count at home smith is drugged murdered and dismembered and this would be the second skull that he successfully kept and decorated Next, we're going to run into 24-year-old Ernest Miller, Dahmer's eighth victim. His entire skeleton was kept as a souvenir. So this will come in later when I talk about the cool shit that Jeffrey was trying to get going on with the souvenirs. Um, He totally stripped everything off of his body. He kept his fucking biceps and ate on them later, which doesn't seem like it would be good meat at all. It probably makes you real strong. Man, maybe we got big biceps right now. Man, man. We've been pumping fucking iron. Man, I bet this. I bet, man. I bet Ernest Miller had some big fucking arms. He probably just got all horned up by him and tried to eat him. But it's just straight muscle, baby. Yeah, and if your grandma busts you again, he's like, "I got a stray dog in here." Gold <laughs> retriever beaver. That was Jeffrey Dahmer's always excuse. It's just yeah. the animals. It's yeah. the animals. He was making home Meet video calls, animals, man. Homeward pound. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible journey. <laughs> Uh, David Thomas, going to be number nine, 24 years old, murdered and dismembered by Dahmer. All the while, Jeffrey Dahmer is taking his time to dismember him. And at this point, he is in his fucking stride, man. And this is all within one year. He's cutting bodies up, doing whatever the hell he wants to with him. And now this is where he starts documenting what he's doing. He starts taking pictures of it with a Polaroid camera just so he can savor the process. Next, 19-year-old Curtis Strotter engages in oral sex with Dahmer, goes back to Dahmer's house to finish the job up, murdered and dismembered another skull in the old Dahmer collection. Wow. 19-year-old Errol Lindsay is drugged, strangled, and Dahmer uses his severed head to perform oral sex on himself. Another skull on the old Dahmer trophy shelf. He's fucking racking him up, man. Fucking flat, flesh lighting with the head. Oh yeah, dude. Wow. We talked about somebody else that did that. Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of people. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard to think back, but that's not an original fucking move by you there, Dahmer. But I get it. You know, you've had a good time with them. They're still fleshy. They're not gagging though. No, you like a gag. You're weird, if man. If they're funny. The next year, a little bit of time goes by. And uh, like I was saying in the last episode, Dahmer goes and surges. 
not unlike BTK, obviously not as spaced out as him. And actually, this is a pretty common thing with serial killers. I don't know what happens because in Dahmer's case, he was pretty forthcoming with everything, but this never comes up. I don't know if there's a moment of clarity where they step out of the psychosis they've been in because we framed it pretty well to show you that Dahmer is in total fantasy mode right now. He's not connected to the world. He's not connected to people. These aren't people to him. They're just sexual objects. They don't mean what a person would mean to any of us to him at all. So when he's doing these things, he's got to be totally detached from a reality and frame of mind that we associate to be reality. Yes. So he's basically off in cartoon town, racking up points, some type of weird gay hunter bestiality video game that he's a part of. And he's just kooking out. So I'm wondering if with Dahmer there's some wall that he hits and just has a brief glimpse of the old world or the outside world or something to do with right and wrong that snaps him out of it. Or if he gets bored with it, you know, just wants to take a little break. And so this is one of the interesting facets of serial killers is when a a cold point. It was like with BTK, uh, what would happen is he would get close to being caught. Something would tip him off to make him feel like somebody was not necessarily on his trail, but he felt like investigations were getting too close to somewhere he was at. And he would drop it for a while and then go back to it. Well, also, too, man, he, you know, like you said, he took that Polaroid and he's got pictures. Right. So, he, you know, he he may not just want to get caught right off the bat so he can keep doing what he's doing. So he can just fucking, he finds the right position to put him in and uh, just blast come all over that picture and washes it off with his tongue. Yeah. Well, about a year passes. He finds Tony Hughes, who's the deaf and mute. Dahmer passes him a note. Same old shit with Dahmer. You look good. Want to come back to my apartment for some drinks and porn? That's got to be hard to teach somebody like that to read. (laughs) How do you know if they're getting it? You mean a a deaf and mute? (laughs) Yeah. He's like a Helen Keller, man. Well, no, definitely he can see. Yeah. So it's easy to teach him to read because you read with your fucking eyes. Yeah. But what do you know? How do you how do you teach somebody to do that when they can't even hear shit? Do you know how many deaf people there are? Yeah, I know. You said a deaf mute. Usually people that are deaf are mute. Wait a minute, I'm thinking blind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, and I clarified by saying he's not blind. God damn, I'm <laughs> fucking dumb today. Yeah, you make your dumb every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dahmer, of course, murders Hughes, dismembers him, and keeps his skull. Big shock arena there. Next one. Man, this is a horrible plot of revenge. Doffer, Dahmer offers money to 14-year-old Conorak Sinsomophone who, if you remember the first Laotian kid yeah. that escaped Dahmer's clutches? Yeah. This is his stepbrother. What? Yep. Dahmer drugs the child, like regular, performs oral sex on the kid while he's unconscious. The child stumbles out of Dahmer's apartment, bleeding from the Amos, anus, not Amos, famous Amos, bloody hole, and is spotted by two girls who call the cops immediately. It's two black girls losing their fucking mind. The police come and investigate. And cool, calm Jeffrey Dahmer walks downstairs, confronts the police, grabs the boy, 
and tells the cops calmly that Conorak is his 19-year-old boyfriend. The police leave them to themselves, and Conorak is later murdered and dismembered. So, in my mind, when the police come, it's two black girls that have called the police. Here's an ethnic young man, and big white Jeffrey Dahmer, and it's Milwaukee, it's cops, they're like, fuck this gay shit, fuck these people, and they tell the women, the women later came back and said that they told the women to stay out of the lover's quarrel, and were making gay remarks as they drove off. Fucked up, man. Yeah. The only thing is, man, Jeffrey Dahmer could have killed both those pigs, man, easy. Yeah, but he wouldn't have. It's not up his alley. He doesn't need to. He just fucking coldly collects that boy back up. Now, this is also around the time that Jeffrey had started his zombification experiments. Yeah. And there's no confirmation whether or not that happened to Conorak. But what Jeffrey at some point started doing, because he tells us this, the only evidence of it is just the destruction of some of the skulls, that he drills holes in the head of the victims and pours battery acid or sulfuric acid in there and stirs it around and is experimenting each time. And what he wants to do is create a sexual zombie. Wow. He needs to get a fucking farm. A farm? Yeah, a stable. And zombies, sex zombies. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so great, man. Real cool. Plow in the fields. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. That's what uh buddy's doing over here today. Just uh, endorsing a sex zombie? Sexual zombie holocaust. Now when you say it, you mean someone that's already dead? And Jeffrey brings him back from dead? Yeah, with some voodoo. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's where he fucked up. He yeah. should have learned voodoo a long time Man, ago. what the fuck? You just make a trip down to New Orleans. Candles raise my desire. Oh, fuck. Now I'm so far away. Woke up with my butt on fire. Candles ignited by gaze. <laughs> Creeping. Creeping. <laughs> I'm coming again. Yeah, man, Jeffrey should have learned that voodoo, baby. He would have been deep in the zombie game, but now he fucked around and tried to use battery acid to control people. And uh, it's not funny, but it's also pretty fucking hilarious because everyone knows you can't control a person's mind with battery acid. It's funny that he doesn't know that. Yeah, again, he's <laughs> off in fucking cartoon what a land. fucking idiot, He's man. doing some Wiley Coyote type shit. Who the fuck else would think of something like that except Wiley Coyote, the bad guy in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Who thinks that you can just scramble someone's brain up with acid and control what they do for the rest of their life? Uh, the CIA did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different type of acid, my friend. You could do the hell out of that. That's what he should have done if he's going to be a piece of shit. Is give him LSD? Yeah. You can't necessarily control someone like that on LSD, though. You give him a thousand hits. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be open to suggestion like that, though. They'll be open to butt. I was checking out this true crime case not that long ago. I can't remember the name of the drug, uh, but what this guy had done is that he had killed his wife and made it look like a suicide by way of getting on the dark web and ordering this drug that put people in a zombie-like state. So they, you could basically suggest for them to do anything, and they would do it because they were in just a catonic state, but they were kind of, like, symbiotically awake. And the guy got caught because he had ordered it on the dark web through his computer. That drug. That was what linked him to the case. So there's stuff out there. 
that you could zombify oh, somebody great. with. But I'm sure that was like, I mean, that's a post Jeffrey Dahmer world scenario. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the fucking earth is weird. It is fucking weird, man. But old Jeffrey was trying to figure out all himself. The next victim we're going to see, oh, is a uh, Matt Turner, 20 years of age, murdered and dismembered by Dahmer. They met at a gay pride parade. That's unsavory. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's been going on for forever. It's Pride Month right now. And maybe that's why we're covering Jeffrey Dahmer. We're just celebrating the community. You understand what I mean? Yeah, y'all be safe out there. Please, dude. If someone's all fucking tall, bowl-cutted fucking freaks, stay the hell away from them. Bowl-cut should throw you off, you know? Yeah. If you see an adult man that is pretty attractive other than a fucking bowl-cut... You gotta ask some questions. If it's a motherfucking uh, grown junior from fucking Problem Child, get the fuck out. Don't have sex with that dude. Man, what's junior from Problem Child up to today? Uh, He's got an undershave. Oh, of course he does. And he is a fucking bladesman. He's a bladesman? He's a fucking master of the blade, apparently. He's sorting it up? He uh, There's a whole video on YouTube of him smoking like a cigarette or some shit and him talking about... Uh, I mean, he looks like a Metallica fan, like undershave Metallica fan. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, like, talking about different fucking metals and folds and how sharp a sword is and what you can cut through, and he's a... He could sell some shit on QVC pretty quick. Man, I like him a lot. I love Problem Child. I'm sure he's still cool as fuck. Yes. So, Turner's skull is placed in the freezer with the meat still on it. That's going to be uncovered later by the cops, and boy, they're going to be bummed out when they find that. Jeremiah Weinberger, 23, met Dahmer at a nightclub. Weinberger spent the whole night at Dahmer's apartment. The next day, Weinberger asked Jeffrey if he could leave because Jeffrey's kind of standing in the doorway. Dahmer becomes angry and physically murders him. This is the first hand-to-hand combat. Well, actually, the second. He hit the first kid with the weight. So the second hand-to-hand dirty murder that Dahmer committed, dismembered him. His head was also placed in the freezer. Now, the fucking apartments that he lives in have got to be the wildest place in the world. Because, first of all, it fucking stinks, right? It's got to smell like shit. It's got to smell like death, gay sex, guts. My mother-in-law, actually, my wife's side of the family is all from Ohio, and they lived in the same town. like, Or they lived right next to uh, some of the places where he he killed some people and shit and she said she's been to those apartments in Milwaukee before like just whenever all the media coverage was going on and shit and I was like that's fucking cool kind of yeah yeah that is cool as hell yeah cause she asked us so she's like what are you guys gonna do Dom? I was like we're actually about to do a third episode she's like I've been to the apartments before I was like that's fucking holy wild. shit wild yeah well you you know the uh, me and you together one time were watching YouTube stuff about Dahmer and remember, uh, there was a lady that lived in his apartment that was talking about living next door to Jeffrey, and she was like, he was nice. I mean, he was a little bit weird, but he was real nice. Sometimes he would give me sandwiches, yeah. and like, as soon as she says that, she puts together that he was probably fucking feeding her people. It, it all came to her in the interview, and she's like, he was giving me sandwiches. Sandwiches that had meat on them. Hell, I probably ate people. <laughs> Olive loaf. <laughs> olive loaf. That's what the fuck olive loaf is. Human face. Man, just human fucking flush. Oh, my. And, you know, on top of that, after this next murder, 
Weinberger's, whose face is in a freezer. Dahmer has got all these remains kicking around his apartment, so his move is to buy a 57-gallon barrel of hydrochloric acid, which he plans to use as a method of disposing his victims. I mean, again, tons of body parts laying around. I mean, he's carving them up, he's putting them in the freezer, he's throwing shit away, which, man, shout out to the Milwaukee trash service, because they know how to get rid of a body. Yeah, they do. They're just throwing it the fuck out, not paying attention to anything. <laughs> no one's seeing shit. No one's saying shit. But everything that's not getting trashed away, he's starting to get rid of an acid. Which can you imagine what that fucking smells like? Man, I don't know. A uh, dead body is a real peculiar smell, just within a matter of minutes. Yeah. Well, all the fluids evacuate, right? Yeah. All the gas. Yeah, but the the shit in the pants thing—it's true. Right. For some people, not everybody. I mean, they do a little bit of... Well, if you don't have to shit. But it's a different... It doesn't smell just like shit, though. It's different, you know? Yeah, it's, it's other stuff that came yeah, out, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, so, it, it's it's weird. Vital one. fluids. But one... Like, bodies that have been dead for a long fucking time, man. That's what's wild. Like, that smell. Like, how, how does nobody else... Uh, yeah, now, I've, I can't say that I've smelled decomposing human before. Yeah. But decomposing animal, a block away, yeah. is fucking horrendous. I mean, if you see vultures and you drive by in your car and you just catch a quick whiff of that dead, decaying animal, there's nothing worse than that. No. Except probably people. People. Because their diets are way worse than an animal's. It's yeah. got to be fucked off. Ugh. But no one's giving a shit so far. And he is just now doing the fucking Roger Rabbit move dissolving bodies and vats of acid in a fucking one-bedroom apartment. Fucking horrifying. That was horrifying when I was a kid. That part scared the shit yeah, out of me. Yeah, but he was really doing that to I folks. I man. I mean, it's, it's terrifying as that is with that bug-eyed Christopher Lloyd fuck squirting people down with that. This motherfucker was doing it. He kind of had that same haircut and eyes, too. Yeah. Creepy eyes. Goofy fucking haircut. Next victim is 23-year-old Oliver Lacey. Now, Oliver Lacey gets murdered the same week that Jeffrey Dahmer gets fired from the Ambrosia Chocolate Company. And what's hilarious is that this is two years after he's been released from jail now. So, Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Jeffrey's working there. He must be one of the greatest chocolatiers of all time. Because, keep in mind, he goes to prison for what's supposed to be eight years, even though he only serves ten months for assaulting a child sexually. It's a known fact. And the Ambrosia Chocolate Company, who the fuck eats chocolates? Middle-aged women? More so than that. Gays? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, How about kids, buddy? Kids. Yeah, kids love a chocolate. I'm just naming off three people that make them money. Those all pertain to this development, but having a pedophile work at the chocolate factory seems like an awful fucky idea. And they hang on to him. After he gets out of prison, they only let him go because of poor performance. Hmm. Not because he's a kid diddler. No. Not because he's a goddamn psychopath living in an alternate reality, probably coming to work, (laughs) reeking of human decay... Never mind all that, he's not doing that great of a job around the old chocolate plant. Now, Oliver Lacey spent some time in Jeffrey's apartment. 
They engage in sexual activity and sensual body rubs, which sounds pretty nice for a night with Dahmer. He's doing real good in that chocolate factory. Oh, yeah, that's a whole different type, but this is the R. Kelly type of chocolate factory. It's a scary chocolate factory. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Man, when all that came out about R. Kelly, it made so much sense to me. <sighs> so, <laughs> they're rubbing each other down. Like the others, Lacey is drugged, murdered by strangulation, and dismembered. Jeffrey takes out his heart to put in the refrigerator, his head to put in the refrigerator, and slowly eats away on Lacey's heart. Joseph Bradenoff is Dahmer's last victim. 25 years of age, homosexual man, they have consensual sex, drugged, strangled, dismembered, everything but his head are placed in the bat of acid. Tracy Edwards is a 31-year-old homosexual, and so, you know, all good things come to an end. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I guess all bad things come to an end, too, but... It's good for... He's having the time of his life. It's in the eyes of the beholder. He's having the time of his life. Yeah, he's having a good time. He's decorating his apartment with cool shit. Yeah. He is. I gotta sneeze. Hang on. Oh, or get it out. <coughs> Jesus. But, allergic you know... Allergic to facts. Allergic to facts? Yeah. God, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All good things must come to an end, man. Jeffrey had a hell of a run. A hell of a run. Tracy Edwards... Heterosexual, 31-year-old man meets Jeffrey and goes back to the apartment to have drinks. Which, if you're adamantly heterosexual, what are you doing? Maybe trying to rob Jeffrey or something? Probably up to no good. I mean, I've never met a man at a bar and gone back to his place. No. Dahmer ends up slapping a handcuff around Edward's wrist... And Edwards gets the fuck away from him right away. Probably because what we know about Jeffrey Dahmer is he's constantly hammered fucking drunk. Yeah. Big and strong, but when you're wrecked on liquor to the point of near blackout, you're not going to be doing much. So he gets the fuck out of there, notifies police, instantly go to Dahmer's apartment. Because now you have a straight man saying, this motherfucker is trying to handcuff me and rape me. 911, I need help right away. White guy, they show up. That's when a police officer walking around his apartment notices the Polaroids. Oh, shit. And, of course, the first thought is probably, well, this is some weird Halloween shit. And then keeps looking further and further, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you realize that you're stuck in a reality. As they start looking around, they open the freezer, see some heads... Find a couple of skulls, find the barrel of acid that has human remains currently dissolving in it, and of course, Dahmer's arrested. What a wild fuck. It's been a hell of a ride. Now, when uh, Dahmer's arrested, he doesn't put up much of a resistance. You know, a lot of serial killers that we've encountered so far in this podcast have tried to argue their way out of it, put the blame on somebody else. Dahmer pretty much fesses up to everything again, except the pedophilia. He's got no, I mean, the way that Dahmer seems to be in later interviews is that, again, he probably came face to face with reality at some point, realized he couldn't keep living that way, and he really needed somebody to pull him out of it. And he does say that in a lot of interviews, that he needed help, he needed to get caught, otherwise he was just going to continue at the pace he was at, 
And of course, once he gets to prison, he finds the Lord. Yeah. You know, that's a classic fucking move. He repents, tries to come clean for all of his crimes. He knows what he did is wrong, so that's not a good look for something like the insanity plea. Um, of course, he gets a good lawyer, and when he goes to trial, he pleads innocent. Which, but of course, he already confessed. But that's what always seems to happen, man. When you're in there, and you're in the heat of the moment, you got no problem confessing, and then as soon as a lawyer comes, they're like, guys, shut the fuck up. We got a chance here. Let's try to sort it out. You would have got him off, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, I probably could have. I blame him. I'm a great lawyer. I wasn't talking about that. Oh, I got you. I see you. You did a classic slip there. Dahmer changed his plea from innocent to guilty by insanity, but again, he had already admitted that everything he knew was wrong. Everything he did was wrong. He admitted to that. It's on tape. Yeah. It's on record. And plus, man, we talk about this every time we get to a murder trial the insanity plea hardly ever works because it goes away as soon as you're not too crazy to try to cover it up you know yeah if you're to hide the the murder or the crime is always shows guilt yeah you knew you did something that was wrong now whether you thought morally it was wrong or you got spooked from getting caught by the police that just shows everybody especially the jury that's going to be convicting you that you know for a fact what you did could lead to trouble. So it doesn't work out for Jeffrey. He acquired a total of 15 counts of murders, not all 17, and is found guilty for all of them and sentenced to 941 years in jail because it's not a death penalty state. Yeah. So essentially he's going to never get out of prison, never have a chance of parole. And when Dahmer's in prison, he's super open. Lots of interviews open with his parents people talk to his parents again this is around the time we're talking about the 80s now so this is when exploitation tv is at its height so people had a great time pulling out Dahmer, talking to him about the crazy fucking crimes that he committed and it is fascinating and it is nice i'm glad it all happened yeah uh, because to be able to study the mind of somebody and he's unique to me apart from every other serial killer that i've ever read about because of how far gone he was away from reality and how just like morose he is and casual about everything that's not that uncommon because you see like btk no remorse um but he just is totally gone from the real world i mean you you talk about you know people talk about how they're afraid to take a psychedelic drug because they'll permanently break away from reality yeah that is an actual breaking away from reality Yes. I mean, he was gone. Definitely. He was, uh... His mind was fucking bent. Yeah, I assume that's the type of thing that you are afraid of when you take a psychedelic. It's just going off like that. But th- that's not something that could happen, um... That's not something that could happen... So sorry, I just had to make a quick pause to Reno because my wild-ass boxer got loose and my wife was chasing him down, and you could have definitely heard that. So as the true professionals we are, took a little pause to get that out. But what I was saying is that Jeffrey Dahmer just was completely broken off from reality, which is a unique situation. Now, an example of that is as the trial's going on, you know, this is a this is another weird thing I've always found about the legal process. Um, one thing that they always say about the legal process is that the 
this is a TV thing. The prosecution has to prove somebody's guilty without any reasonable doubt. That's not true. Yeah. That's some law and order shit. Um, so when somebody is like pretty much open and closed, like I said, I mean, you've got the confession, you've got all the evidence. It's kind of like an American freak show, how they still drag all the evidence out. You know, they search, label, find everything. And it's good for historical points, but if that's what they're doing, they should just be open about that because he's going to get convicted no matter what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they needed to frame every piece of evidence. This seems, seems like a fucking waste of time. And if I was a juror, I would be bummed out. Like, all right, I get it. He did it. He did it for sure. So stop fucking showing me shit. Let me go to bed. But when they're pulling stuff out, some of the wildest shit they find is one um, of one of the bodies he had just like totally arched in half. Yeah. With the spine pulled through the neck. like He looked like a, you know those video game chairs that sit on the floor? Yeah. It's like a rocking chair with no legs on it, so you can just sit on it and rock back and forth on the floor. It's essentially like he's just making it do a bridge up. On yeah, but I don't think people know what that is. It's a gymnastics move. Right. Like you're just thrusting your shit up way high. Yeah. But if you turn him around, you could sit in that boy and rock back and forth For and sure. play Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Uh, and he had, he had all these trinkets and pieces of bodies... And skulls that he had elaborately decorated. And they found a chart that he drew of this bitch and fucking altar that he was planning on making in his house. Which, uh, you know, he had all these fucking rocking plans for himself. So what I wonder is, like, again, he's off in cartoon town. He's, he's totally detached. And this is just a, a proof of it. Because um, he had Miller's skeleton. And it, there's a chart. Well, I'll post it on Instagram. Yeah, there's a there's a picture that he made of how he wanted this shrine to be right, and it's down to the T. Like this dude could have been a great decorator, a great artist. He was just fucking misguided in his practices. He's got this chart made out, and here's the plans he's got. He's got a uh, wall plaque with painted fluorescent eyes. Okay, some eyeballs up there. He's got a window covered with black curtains and blue drapes. Uh huh. He's got a lamp over the altar with blue globe lights and he's got it drawn here it looks kind of like a tree with lights hanging down a nice soft blue tone there he's got miller's skeleton which is the whole skeleton that he kept painted and hung up on a stand so it's just the whole thing there he's got uh incense like a like a cone incense burning with a with a smell line coming up from it and he's got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve painted skulls on a black table, uh, black and white carpet, black plush chair to sit in front of it, and then he's got Lacey's painted skeleton on the other side of the altar. What if this was just like, they uh, arrested Jeffrey Dahmer, but he really didn't do it. They just arrested him, and then uh, they just had the person that really did it. They were like, hey man, uh, just wait a little bit and start the band Archgoat. Yeah, this is like an arch code thing. I mean, it's like Martha Stewart's plan to make a nicer. This has got a nice ambiance to it. You know, if you had all these props, if they weren't real and you just decorated your house like that, it'd be fucking rocking. If you brought a lady back there, she'd be stoked about it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. Yeah, I mean, he's just making cool fucking art. Just, you know, you could have found, you could have repurposed bodies. You could have gone yeah. to the graveyard and dug them up. Blasphemy style. Sweet. Yeah, that would be cool, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. I mean, you wouldn't do that, but would it be better than murdering 17? Yeah. <laughs> Way to draw the think about that out. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, so he's doing 941 years in jail. Uh, fortunately, that doesn't last too long. Uh, he ends up in jail, by the way. Now it's 1992. We've gone all the way through the 80s. 32 years old. November 28th, 1994. Now, Dahmer, even though to the outside he was totally reformed, he was a silly boy in jail. Goofing off all the time. He would do this thing where he would have his lunch tray and he would be eating and he would tell other inmates that it was a foot or something, you know? Just <laughs> sillies. Just sillies, you know? Yeah, just, he's a, Everyone knows he's a cannibal. People, uh... Some people, again, you like Dahmer or you hate him. Some people like him, some people hate him. Apparently, this guy really fucking hated him because Christopher Seaver, who was also in jail for murder, he was an African-American gentleman, and like I said, you, I expect that Jeffrey kept his racist sentiments going, and he says that he just got pushed too far by Jeffrey's cannibal jokes and bashes his fucking skull in while Jeffrey's cleaning a restroom with a lead pipe. Hmm. Interesting fact about Christopher Seaver is that he believes he's Jesus Christ. Yeah, he is. I mean, in a way, he did purge the earth of America's most known cannibal. Yeah. So that's a lordly thing to do. But Jeffrey's in heaven now. Yeah, I mean, he did accept Christ. And that is what the Bible says. If you confess your sins and accept Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, off you go. Yeah, I can't wait to do that when I get all real cooped out and old and so I can break bread with old Jeffrey. Well, see, I did that when I was a kid. Didn't we all? Yeah. That, yeah. And that's the move, is that when you're going to church when you're a child and they guilt you in to see what happened with me is that it was the week of vacation Bible school, which is not a vacation. No, it fucking sucks. It's not school. It ain't even that biblical just bullshit and snacks just a shitty daycare bullshit shitty snacks. snacks it's watered down fucking it's kool-aid that's stretched out yeah it's like they took double the water for every kool-aid they made yeah you know because they, they didn't have enough you know they're they're penny pinching they don't give a fuck about what you like when they give you lunch remember the vegetable sticks that were like oh, cheese sticks but yeah. they were vegetables fuck that that is bullshit <laughs> I never ate vegetables they at that point gave, in my life they only gave that shit to churches yeah yeah, for sure. Now you can buy them at Walmart and shit like that. But that was originally just a church scenario. Yeah. 100%. Pre-wrapped veggie sticks with fucking water ranch to dip it in. God. <laughs> Fuck vacation Bible school. But, yeah. So we were finishing that out, right? And so all the kids were in fucking spirit mode. And one of the kids that was in my class that I thought was a total fucking Melvin accepted Jesus to be a savior. They made a big fucking deal out of it. After the thing was over, that Sunday, they brought him up in front of the whole church baptized him and afterwards his fucking parents had a cake a six foot subway sub oh it was actually blimpy which is way better than subway yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody got to fucking eat some sandwich and have some cake and everyone was all stoked and he got gifts and shit like that so i was like oh hell yeah so two weeks later same move for me accepted jesus as my savior really meant it you get down there the preacher's crying and you're crying and everyone's like oh my god he's accepted the lord he when we die he's going to be in heaven with us this is a beautiful moment and then i get baptized i didn't get shit mm. no cake no sub no even after party uh i got like taken out to eat but that's every sunday if i didn't act an ass nothing fucking cool happened to me yeah you always got it roped into some doing some dumb shit that they would spin around to be in this fun thing like 
one time I went with uh, my best friend growing up, Seth, to do a singing group thing at Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. And I, and I was like in the skateboarding face, I was wearing baggy pants and fucking listening to load and reload a whole bunch. And uh, there's this big fat girl on the bus or on the thing up there, and she was like, "None of your clothes fit." And I was like, "Well, all yours fit way too well." <laughs> and I made yeah. her cry, and they were like, "They were like, you, you don't even get to get on any of the rides." And I was like, "Man, I don't go to this church." Yeah, I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, do what the fuck, do I whatever want. the fuck I want. Well, hell, man, I I think that uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer series was a lot of fun. It was put our own fucking tasty spin on it. Yeah. We appreciate you guys coming along. We're having a fucking good time doing this podcast, man. Yeah, we love it. Getting out into the world and doing it live and meeting people that we hadn't met before and just seeing some people that had never heard our podcast before sit there and watch their reaction to it was fucking magic for me. Yeah. Because I imagine so many of you feel like that the first time at home. I mean, every time I find some cool shit that I'm into, it's the best day of my life. Yeah. A new band, you know? A uh, new podcast, which uh, that hasn't happened to me in a long fucking time. Yeah. But uh, I just, uh, man, I hope you guys enjoy what we do. We enjoy what you do. We want to interact with you. Uh, definitely find our Facebook group, Death Metal Dicks. That's the best way to hang out with us online. Uh, also, any so we're trying to work on our social media shit, like I was saying. We don't know how to do it. I, I personally hate social media. You know, I'm a fucking comedian, and I've been stuck in this trap of, like, having to try to hype myself on it for, like, four years now. And I can't stand just the goings and comings of social media. It sucks. It feels like you're in a opinion hole and it, there's like half that feel one way and half that feel the other way. And everyone's trying to drag everyone else one way or another. I stay out of all that shit. So, you know, on my personal page, I just fuck around, but you're welcome to add me K R I S Pierce. Fine buddy on there. We're, we'll always talk to you no matter what. If you ever need a pal to say what's up to in the middle of the night, I'll be asleep. But the next morning when I wake up, I'll get back to you. Uh, Instagram, we got Smells Like Teen Chris is mine. Lloyd Have Mercy, L-O-Y-D, Have Mercy 666 is buddy. I'm just saying we want to connect with you. We got a Twitter that I don't use ever that I need to. Yeah. Um, YouTube is vital. Get on our Death Metal Dicks YouTube, like it, subscribe to it. That helps out. We're trying to social media. We're trying to become social media boys. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. And uh, we're not going to be any different than we are. So if you want to get on board with it, that'd be fucking awesome. Ripping. If you want to win a shirt and some skull bone put together shit by buddy, old crafty Jeffrey Dahmer Lloyd over here, just uh, get on iTunes, five-star review, roast us as hard as you can, win the roast contest, and it's all yours. Uh, we love you. Yeah. We're glad that you found us. Mm-hmm. It's exciting that you listen to us every week, and that just drives us, keeps us going makes us feel good about what we're doing and we love the whole process and if you really like what we're doing um we don't beg we're not trying to take you for a ride or anything but uh you know we spend a lot of time on research a lot of time on social media now trying to get the inner workings of in and out we got kids we work full-time jobs um this isn't a complaint i love doing this shit i got no problem with it but uh if you if you want to fiscally support the show any little bit helps a ton because it just gives us less things to worry about. We've been able to get shirts this way and then give back to people who supported us through Patreon. So if you want to get involved with our Patreon, we put out extra episodes. Uh, if you're hearing this, the live episode we did should be coming right out either the same day or the day after. So if you're hearing this like on Friday, look for Saturday or Sunday, you're going to get the live episode. That's patrons only. 
We recorded the whole thing, and that's going to be up on the Patreon, patreon.com backslash deathmetaldicks. Just check it out. You know, there's some extra things there. If you get on a high tier, uh, we'll shout you out on the show like we're about to do for all of our killer patrons of the highest level of patronage. We'll let you select a killer for one of our episodes. We'll let you select a song that we compare things to, like we've been using Macabre. Dog Guts, Dog Guts. Dog Guts for these three episodes because uh, we like to pick one song for a three-part episode. Uh, Just get involved, man. We love that. We so much appreciate everyone that has our high-tier team. We got Ash Rude, Matt Mess, Cam Catrun, Bobby Henderson as always, Ryan Parker as always, Casey Gaden as always. That's the big dogs, right? I don't know, man. I don't run that shit. Yeah, you don't run a goddamn thing. But yeah, everyone that is, and we got other tiers. I mean, with the Bradshaws have supported us since the beginning. They won. Uh, Miss Vale has supported us since the fucking beginning. Uh, all that shit has, has meant the world to us. And I don't. I want everyone like when I'm saying this thank you shit. Like people will thank you for every little thing. But man, it really fuels my fire because I don't ever. You know, I don't ever put anything off that I'm supposed to do for this shit. I I get a a great sense of accomplishment just knowing there's a community out here that are into what we're doing because that's the whole idea, man. We just want to build a community that's outside of what we've been, you know, like I said, I think social media is a hot pile of dog shit, but I want friends. I want a network of people throughout the country that I can vibe with and everyone wants that And, and we've really found it with this. So, man, thank you all so much for being involved with it. Just uh, keep positivity fucking flowing in your life, you know? There's a lot of shit. I mean, if you're like us, you're an extreme personality. You know, you like extreme music. You like weird shit. You know, people, if you like serial killers, the majority of the population thinks you're a fucking weirdo. Yeah. You know, so you always have been on the outside like us. Yeah, I don't relate to most people. No. And when I do find someone I relate to, man, that's rare. And And I love it. And I love you guys for being around and I'll stop saying that same thing again but we really do mean it we really yeah. do love doing this podcast I'm not just buttering your buttons here we're we're uh I, I I love being able to talk to everybody you know about the show or really about metal or anything like that because we're just fucking nerds man like horror movies and fucking good music and you know I don't know man it, it, it's just been good for me because where we live at we don't really get to do that a whole lot right and man so yeah you know, it's just us yeah. pretty much i mean we yeah. got a few friends out of here and shout out to all of them oh shout out to brennan whalen for dude he just sent us in the mail hey we love gifts too i'm not asking you for gifts i'm just saying if you got some dumb shit laying around uh our friend brennan whalen not did not dumb shit you guys remember we did the west memphis three one of our earlier episodes well brennan is from the memphis area and he was a metal kid and he grew up in the middle of all this time period looking at this and so i assume this is a very special keepsake to him he sent us a framed copy of the commercial appeal which is a memphis magazine uh the day that the three got set free yeah fucking cool gift yeah i mean damien definitely killed those kids but the sentiment <laughs> is appreciated you know what i'm saying but yeah man this rips we're gonna keep doing this forever we want to come to you so if you want to get us out to you it won't be that hard trust me uh, we, house shows, I think, are the way to go. Like venues are cool and shit, but again, what we're trying to do is 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 build a community. We want to hang out, so we'll come to a house party. A live podcast is a lot of fun. Um, we come out and we just sit down and do this basically with the crowd, and then we do stand up comedy. 
Uh, it's a ton of fun. So we, we want to get that in a, as intimate as a venue as possible so we can be close to everybody. Uh, that, that feels more special to me than having 300 strangers in a comedy club. And it makes a memory for both sides, you know. That's the thing is, is when you're communicating and you're making a making an occasion happen that you're going to remember for your lifetime, that's that's unbeatable, you know. That's something you remember till you die, and unless you don't remember shit, and then you die. Yeah, and this is just our ethos. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things we can do. It's just not us. Yeah. This is us. We, we want to do house shows, small venues maybe, but we want to get out to you. Get us in touch with your local bands. Let's make some shit happen. All right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Uh, we don't mean there's other posers out there that toss that out there, man. We mean it. Yeah. Worship the flesh. Get your shit together. Lift the weight, you know? Fuck yeah. Make yourself hard. That's uh, that's devil shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be hard? Ride with, the, ride with the dark one. Ride with the fallen angel. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week with a brand new topic. Nighty night, night, night. Tell me what the play with